Good morning, guys, from a wet Costa Rica this morning. It's not often we get wet mornings here. Well, recently, actually, it's been a kind of, uh, it's been a theme here. Last week was pretty wet as we saw a low pressure front move in. But anyway, enough about the weather. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with JP Ortiz. Uh, he's someone who contacted me through the pro through the podcast about his property in the Ossa Peninsula he had. He wanted to get my kind of opinion on what he should do with it based on some of the trends and advice uh, that I actually, um, you know, look at uh, because we are one of the owners also of vacationscostarica.com, Costa Rica's largest luxury travel company, as well as centralamerica.com uh, as well. So we get quite a bit of interesting data there, kind of crossing lifestyle, real estate, and also vacations. Uh, so he's looking to develop his property down there in South, but I thought it'd be a great idea to get him on the podcast so he can kind of explain his journey uh, and also the process he went through to buy the land, just because I know as inventory is starting to shrink, as a lot of the realtors are saying, you know, a lot of people are looking at buying land and also building. So I thought it's really interesting to get him on so we could run through that process of buying the land and also to get an idea of what he's trying to do with it. Remember, if you have any questions for JP, all of his contact details will be in the description. And if you would like to see any future guests uh, or for me to cover any other themes, our email has changed. It's info at investing costarica.com that's info at investing costarica.com it's a website we're developing at the moment to kind of bring you guys basically the raw and real news about investing here in costa rica anyway let's get straight into it good morning jb how are you doing i'm good man thanks great to see you yeah so uh, i I, gave, I just gave you i just gave the intro and uh i mean basically it's a bit of a wet day here in costa rica but I th i'm hoping that it's gonna it's gonna sunny up it's gonna the sun's gonna come out a bit later on yeah, it sounds like a, a wet one right now. We're going yeah, down there in a couple of weeks for whale watching, so we'll, be, we'll see you down there shortly. Yeah, it'll be great. I mean, the whale watching season here, which you know typically runs what August, September, all the way through to November, down there in the in the southern zone, is is a beautiful mm -hmm. time of year. Last year, I, I saw humpback whales with my wife. It's the one thing she'd been wanting to do for years. So I thought <laughs> um, I, sh I should take her. So I think our wives would be friends. That's what we've been trying to do for the better part of a decade, and wow. um, just haven't had much luck. <laughs> well, it was actually in the right in the southern, you know, in the uh, Golfe Dulce there, the the, oh, uh, nice. the little kind of, I suppose, the Bay Area down there by the Osa Peninsula. She saw it in. We stayed at Playa Cativo Lodge. Um, yeah, had the pleasure of staying there, and it was it was absolutely amazing. But That's well, awesome. you're you're based in Atlanta. You got your Costa Rica shirt on today. Uh, it's oh, summertime yeah. up there, of course. And yeah, if I'm this. if I'm correct. If I'm correct, you've been coming to Costa Rica for over 10 years, right? Yeah, just about 10 years. So my wife and I, um, I, I was telling you earlier, we we did the interbus thing. So it's kind of one of the ways that people visit the country the first time and you hire a bus and they take you around to a couple of different um, locations. And so we did La Fortuna, which is where Arenal Volcano is. Really beautiful site. A lot of people like to go there. Went up to Monte Verde, which is a cloud forest. And there's a, it's a coffee growing region. So also really cool. It's kind of like the rainforest, but more at the Midlands level. And then uh, visited Manuel Antonio, where we ended up getting married later in 2017. So it was wow. a really beautiful spot. Well, you and I got together because we were just, uh, you know, I, I think that you'd been listening to the podcast um, and my craziness that I do uh, and kind of wanted to reach out. Um, and, you know, I was interested in your story of buying the, the land that you just bought. Uh, and I think we'll get into that in a little bit. But I mean, if you don't mind me asking, why did you decide to buy in Costa Rica to begin with and like make an investment in Costa Rica? And why so south? Yeah. Yeah. No, good questions both. Um, so that first trip I told you about, we took back in 2012, we went down to Manuel Antonio. And one of the first things I did was start noticing that there was the, the big brand name realtors down there. So Coldwell Banker, Remax, et cetera. And so uh, one of the days that we were on our trip, I just 
called up some guys and said, Hey, can we get out and go look at some land? And you just mind driving us around. And thankfully they, they took us out for the day, had a blast and drove through rivers, got to kind of get the real feel for what it's like in Costa Rica. And it was all still, I mean, this is 10 years ago, so it wasn't very developed down there yet. And Manuel Antonio is now a very popular place for people to buy homes and develop and go on vacation. And so as we started to look, we uh, just got to know the country better and really fell in love with uh, the Osa Peninsula in particular, uh, more for the biodiversity. So it's one of the most biodiverse places on the planet. About two and a half percent of the world's biodiversity is just located in that part of the world. Um, and then it's also pristine habitats and just close to a lot of wildlife and cool things to see. So no regrets about buying uh, down in that area. And our, our property is about an hour and a half south of Manuel Antonio. Okay. Okay. Well, it's funny that you say the biodiversity because I remember the first time I went to the Osa Peninsula, I stayed at Lapa Rios Eco Lodge. I yeah. saw more wildlife there in like one day than I saw in like three years of, you know, yeah. traveling, you know, through the Northern parts of Costa Rica. I mean, it really is a biodiverse area. That That's true. And I think right now you've got a lot of interest uh, and you've talked to a lot of guys and I've got some friends who, who run the Nicoya Peninsula and that's much more like California, very dry, um, beautiful part of the country, great waves and beaches, but not as many animals and, and cool biodiverse things to see. So just anytime you get further south, closer to the rainforest and, and the jungles of Costa Rica, you could see more and more. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Costa Rica is the more south you go, the more rainforest you get. But also is it gets a little wetter in some parts of the year because it is called a rainforest. Um, but it's always yeah. green. It's always green. You know, the northern part of the country, you know, December all the way through to April is very brown. Well, it's just brown. There is no green. So yeah. Uh, yeah, the dry season is nice. And that's actually that's part of our story. And I can uh, tell you what we ended up buying and, and how we got there. But we came down in March this year. So it was COVID. Uh, everything had been locked down. We hadn't been to Costa Rica. I think it was like six, seven months, um, maybe before almost a year, I guess, since since the pandemic. And so we we headed down and, and just had the original plan to start thinking about buying something down there. You know, we had some cash savings um, and some other things that had kind of worked out where we were able to, to make this investment. And I'm sort of doing things in reverse order. I'm buying the vacation rental property first. I actually still rent, a, rent an apartment back in the U.S. So it's sort of funny, but I just, I knew that prices would only go up in real estate. I knew that I wanted to buy in Costa Rica at some point. And so we ended up connecting with um, some mentors of ours. Uh, you mentioned the Lapa Rios Lodge, but there's another place down in Drake Bay, uh, the Drake Bay Getaway. Some friends of mine run that. Uh, Patrick and Jens, and they've really just kind of been great resources for us to, to guide us through the process. And so that inspired us to, to think, okay, we can do this. We just need to have good people on the ground, good lawyers, yep. folks who know what they're doing. And that sort of helped guide us through, through the purchase process. So tell us what you ended up buying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's 13 acres of land. Um, most of it is under what's called a zona agricola. Basically, it's like farm, uh, just like un untouchable land. You, you don't want to be able to develop it that much, but that's what we're looking for. So we want to uh, essentially do more of a small footprint type uh, development, smaller homes. Um, and our first, our first idea is to do a vacation rental property slash home just for us. So that's the focus right now. We like the area. We know we like being down there. It's about 15 minutes from the beach. Uh, the area itself and the town is uh, called San Buenas, and so it's close to Ciudad Cortez, and then about 15-20 minutes south of Ojo Chal, which most people know in the Bahia Bayana area. Um, but 15 minutes to beaches, great valley views. Uh, like I said, it's 13 acres. There's water bordering the property, so it's a natural creek that is really wonderful, and I've been able to hike down there. And so right now, it's just about how can we uh, cultivate this land, make sure that we've we kind of plant the trees, everything that we want going with it. We've got time we can take with it. And then we're starting to talk to contractors and builders now um, just about some ideation of what we want to actually put out there. 
Awesome. Awesome. It sounds like an interesting project you've got on your hands there. So mm -hmm. I know you and I had, had, had spoken a little bit about, you know, how do you have kind of vacation rentals with hotel amenities? Because that kind of kind of is being smashed together, as you can see by the Marriott building, you know, built when the Marriott's running after condos that you know that vacation rentals and hotel amenities are getting closer to closer together. That was the other piece of insight when we were down there vacationing. And um, I started to just get get questions from friends of mine that were reaching out and saying, hey, I know you've been to Costa Rica a lot. We're thinking about long-term renting down there. And these are people who have, uh, who have a good amount of money. They work in tech or they work in other industries that pay decently, but they have the flexibility of remote work. And so when yeah. I started to put two and two together and we've been talking about that and I've seen this trend, just I think more and more folks are going to spend time, <clears throat> yeah, you know, two, three weeks on vacation or a month if they, if they can afford it, just be in a location where you don't have to worry about everything. And uh, you can stay put and it's, uh, I, I think fewer people too is, you know, one of the benefits that Costa Rica brings in particular yeah. that part of the country. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, again, the, the Costa Rica's population is 5 million and the majority of people are here in the central Valley. So the rest of the country is pretty, you know, there's not that, it's not that inhabited, which is kind of nice. I mean, you know, that Costa Rica is like that. And, you know, if you take a boat out on the ocean here and look back, really, you don't see much either. It's pretty spaced out. Yeah. And, and we've done that too. And, and that's part of the, the great things is, is being able to get out and go look at the wildlife. We did this awesome dolphin tour, um, just hired a couple of guys and it's typically a fishing boat. And I caught some tuna fish and um, saw thousands of bottlenose dolphins out there in the Oost Peninsula. Oh. So you just can't see things like this in, in most places. Well, let's get into the nuts and bolts of buying the land. I mean, run, run us through the, how, that process, how that process went, what surprised you. Um, and I mean, I'll ask you a bit later about, you know, what advice that you would give to people. Maybe just run us through that process. Like, did you use escrow? Did you not? Were you yeah. buying from a local? Were you buying from a foreigner? Um, yep. I, think, I think, you know, listeners would be very interested in knowing that. Yeah. So the first step was, I, I kind of mentioned, we talked to, to lawyers and they just advised based on what we wanted to do, which is eventually like monetize the space and, and bring income in is to develop an SRL, which is basically the LLC equivalent in Costa Rica. So it's Sociedad Responsabilidad Limitada. But, you know, we can put some resources in there. And I had great attorneys, um, Zercher Odio, a raven out of, uh, out of San Jose. And, and that's typically where you see most of the, the good attorneys kind of functioning in, in the country. And so uh, Priscilla and Mauricio, our attorneys, they guided us through the process. It was more or less like start the paperwork. All in, I want to say, because I think that was a question you had, um, maybe five to eight grand, just depended on like when we were paying and we've been doing this a little bit over uh, a set period of time yep. for attorney's fees, you know, over the over the uh, the time of buying the land. And then um, we ended up connecting with um, a few different realtors. We were just kind of shopping around. I didn't want to go straight through. Let me just go find a piece of land and talk to a local. I'm bilingual in Spanish. So that's something I could have done. But you have to be careful because there's uh, titled land versus untitled land. If you get into untitled land mess, you can just find yourself not really owning it. Yep. Um, and, and there's these deals fall apart all the time and people kind yep. of get uh, lose their money that way. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you say that because it's kind of like a derecho where you have right to use the land, but in order to get it titled, you know, in the national registry, you have to go around all your neighbors and for them to basically all agree that you own the land. It's a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so we learned that lesson from from our friends, Patrick and Jens, they own land in, um, in Drake Bay and there's not there's not much titled land there, basically. And so they said, hey, keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for the other two things. If you're thinking about buying in, in the country is water and electric. Almost every good realtor will tell you about this. And so what does that mean? You need water rights, which are essentially it's again the municipality saying, hey, we're going to go put a hookup 
on your on your land and you're able to tap into that to draw on water for your own land. Uh, some people can do wells or drill their own, but of course there's always risk and extra investment brought in with that. And we wanted to also minimize the amount of like just tractors and traffic that we needed to create on the land. And so this, this seemed to be a good piece. So we found um, a good realtor, Costa Rica Real Estate Service, uh, Keith Shankle. So Keith was great. Um, and again, I can put plugs for all these guys in, in our uh, in our episode because they, they were great and very helpful along the way. So I'd definitely recommend their help. But Keith and uh, I and Emily, my wife, we spent, I want to say a couple hours on different video calls, just, just talking through, hey, what were the requirements? What were we sort of looking for? What did we want to do? Do we want something that was already developed? Do we want to buy a home? Uh, do we want to build our own? And because we had a longer term plan and just vision, yep. uh, land and buying was really the priority for us. And so we've got we've got time. But if you want to go quicker, short term, uh, buy something that's already being developed and is in a development, there's those options too. It just depends kind of your, awesome. your flavor of, of life. So you found the land. What happened next? You found it. You wanted to buy it. What did you do? Yeah, so land was uh, owned by a foreigner, um, and so he had he had his own LLC and holding company. He actually had, um, what you'll see is people will go buy what they call madre fincas, and so they'll buy a large plot of land and sort of subdivide it, right? And so this is one of those on the off of the Costanera. And so we ended up talking to Keith and just uh, put in basically the the initial offer. So there's no um, you know there's no holes barred on on legally requiring at that stage, but it's just hey here's our offer letter letter of intent and we want to go through the legal process of doing that. And so that that I'd say is the longest process it took. We started this process in March and we didn't finalize signing until basically the end of June. It was almost June 30th. Uh, and what, that, so. why did it take so long, JP? So you've got uh, due diligence, uh, obviously like your attorneys want to go through and make sure are there's particular types of easements on the property. We learned about the zona agricola, which is pretty, pretty common. But if you're buying like beach property, there's setbacks that are required from the land, uh, from the ocean. Uh, it's the maritime sort of uh, whatever they call it. But anyway, so the, the point is you, you got to do your due diligence, make sure that, hey, this land that's in the natural, national registry is updated, the records are in order. The good thing I think about Costa Rica that people maybe don't realize, at least from the paperwork process, is that seems like with good attorneys, yep. um, you've got the paperwork's in order and, and you're covered. So you just got to make sure you have folks who can understand what you're looking for, what you're trying to, to work through and, and get you to sign off on that. Yeah, I always like to separate concerns whenever I do one of these uh, these things, meaning that the realtor, the lawyer, the escrow, you know, is always kind of, and the home inspection is kind of somewhat separate, just because again, yeah. I mean, you do hear of the cases, it's less and less. I mean, if you're working mm -hmm. with, a, with a reputable company, it probably won't work, but like anyone can really become a realtor here in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So I always suggest that people separate the concerns just so that, you know, you've got all this, you know, basically auditing going on of, you know, of, of, of each other. You don't need to do it. Um, but it's just there. It just always makes makes sense. But just to understand, so you put an offer. Did that offer get accepted? And then you moved to kind of like a sales purchase agreement where you had a certain number of days, or there was just an offer, and then you did kind of all the due diligence and then closed. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit jumbled, but I think in, in traditional terms, what will happen is you get the offer letter, let, letter of intent, the, the yep. buyer issues that to the seller. Yep. And so I, I say, hey, I want to buy this property for, let's say, $100,000 or whatever it was. Um, that's not what our property costs. It's just an example. And so, um, you know, you, you say, I want to buy this and your realtor will pass that over to the, the, buy, uh, the seller. And yep. so they'll evaluate and decide whether or not they want to accept that offer. Now, 
part of the reason that we moved pretty quickly was during COVID, and I think you know this from part of the reason you started the podcast, a lot of interest started coming to the country. And so we knew, hey, we may need to move quicker on a better parcel of land yeah. uh, than we might have a year ago. And so that was part of our motivation. We didn't necessarily have everything in order back home. We just kind of, you know, I had to move some things around and make sure that we could uh, buy the land effectively here at the end. But, um, you know, when a good offer comes up and you know you can do it, it's, it's worth taking a serious look at. And so that's what happened was, Put in the offer letter, got accepted, uh, and then we went through the due diligence process with the attorneys. Not really much came out. There's a couple of weird things, but they're more just nuances that you you end up seeing, and you you have to sign off and say, okay, is this something that I want with my land? Yes, no, um, and then make that determination of, of you as a buyer. Uh, some of the things that I'm talking about are, are you know ability to to keep the land intact. So Costa Rica is very environmentally friendly, so you can't go and cut down trees and just yep. you know, move everything around, nor would we want to. So it's, it's really, it, I think it's about shaping the mindset of the buyer and making sure that I'm coming in here to buy land in Costa Rica, not imagine how I can do it in Canada or America or, or wherever else in the world. So it sounds like, did you guys ever sign a sales purchase agreement where you went from offer, the offer was accepted, then you went through the due diligence and then you closed, meaning there was no yeah. like legally binding, meaning that like, Hey, we accept this if all due diligence works out, et cetera, and we're closing in 45 days. We did, we did do the okay. sale purchase agreement. That was the part that, like I said, they had, our attorneys already started the due diligence process kind of yep. in, in the middle of it. And so yep. that was, yeah, it was a letter of intent, sale purchase agreement, final signing day, end of June. So those three steps, more or less. Okay. And you didn't really, did you use escrow? I mean, how, how did you go about the payment? Yeah, that was um, and and the market opportunity, right? The escrow company it was a little bit. We didn't really have one at first, yeah. and somebody knew somebody, and so we're like, okay, let's just use this. They've done deals with them before. It wasn't very expensive. It was like a thousand dollars, but they were yeah. just a little slow on moving. Escrow is very so, very affordable. Yeah, yeah, and so we got that done. It was a, a U.S. based escrow account, so that made things pretty easy. I was transferring money from a U.S. bank to a U.S. escrow. And then the buyer or the seller himself, he was an American. So it was just transfer of money that yep. way. You know, so pretty easy. Awesome. awesome. And then the signing, you had to physically be there or your lawyers did it for you? Yeah, we, no, we wanted to be there. That was part of the fun of it. And it was just you know, afterwards, my wife and I took a bottle of champagne, popped it on the land. So it was just awesome. like a fun thing to you know kind of sign off. So we awesome. did the signing in Dominical at, at one of the breweries there. No, what a great place to do it. Well, I, I mean, it sounds like, a, I mean, how much do you think you spent in closing, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, in closing, so we had uh, fees, about it, it was probably 10 grand, like everything all in, if that. Um, yeah, just like different fees that came up from the attorneys, escrow. Um, and then, of course, you have the, the realtor fees, and uh, yeah. that was a portion of it. So it wasn't, it wasn't too much, 10, 12 grand, something like that. But yeah. just, I would say, I guess, like my, my advice for somebody buying land, add like 10, 12% onto the purchase price just to estimate like, yeah. hey, here's, here's about how much extra I have to pony up for, for, for finalizing the payment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was about to ask you what advice you'd give anyone to looking to buy real estate in Costa Rica, but maybe that's it, you know, just uh, estimate the closing costs. That That's a good one. I think the other thing is just be open-minded. I see a lot of Facebook groups where people talk about, oh, you know, hey, does this look like this in the US or can you do this in Costa Rica? And I think it's just, keep in mind, you're going to a different country. You try to accept the customs that are going to be there. It's going to be different and respect the place you're going to be in. So those, those for me are the most important things that, I think we're becoming a more remote first kind of globalized world yep. where we can, people can really live in all these different places. Like how can we adapt to the place we're in less so yeah. than trying to make it what we're used to. 
why did you decide to put it in a company name and not in your own name? Yeah, so my wife and I are, are equal partners there. Um, we will, I think, well, part of the that's uh, that kind of that kind of answers it, right? Yeah, Your wife and you are easy part, uh, equal yeah, equal partners. partners. So that's that's it. Yeah. Well, also, I think from the point of view you mentioned there, I mean, you 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 expect at some point to turn it into something that's going to be a commercial making making revenue, so that you know you want the you want the corporation structure there because you know the taxes. Actually, the tax is a little higher as a corporation, but again, yeah. you can, it's just you run a business in a corporation. There's that. And then I think the key thing is like owning a bank account or opening a bank account and yep. getting a car eventually. Those are easier done through some sort of corporate entity yep. than an individual at, at the early stages. Yeah. And I mean, again, if you want anything done, if you're up in the States, you need anything done here, you can just do a power of attorney for the lawyer to do something if, if, if necessary. But yeah, well, I mean, what are your long term plans with the place? If you don't mind me asking, JP. No, this is great. I'm glad. I'm glad you are asking. So probably year we're in year one right now, or year zero to one. So year one, I think we're gonna talk to uh, engineers, designers. Your podcast has been a great resource of information. Thank you. I plan on reaching out to a lot of those guys that I've seen on there and just collecting intel. Right, that's what I want to do right now. Talk to a lot of different folks. Who do who do we want to work with? Um, and then do the design ideation phase. And so we at least want to do like a site master plan of knowing what are the major structures we want to put on this property. We have about an acre build site that's pretty flat. Um, so that's easy to build on. It's connectable through the road. So the Costanera is like the main principal highway that runs north and south down to Panama. Um, and so we're three minutes off the Costanera Highway. So it'll wow. be pretty easy to get construction equipment and those types of things out there. Um, you know, soil studies, all of that. I really want to get to know the land basically in year yep. one and then um after that you know with a little bit of saving and some some design ideation and i think putting up a principal structure which is basically the vacation rental home slash our home uh 1200 1500 square feet is what we're talking so not huge again and then some other ideas are starting to, to once we're down there more longer term more frequently being able to rent that out as uh, a vacation rental so whether it's airbnb vrbo there's all these different sites um, yeah. and i'll probably self-manage that at the early stages just to not worry about taking too much of a hit on margin and of course, like connecting with folks down there, starting to build uh, a team of who do I want to work with, who do I want to keep in my lawn, to keeping the grounds, to uh, just keeping an eye on the property too. So finding like yep. a property manager who's probably a local um, yep. would be what I would want to go down that path and just uh, just having fun with it. So that's, awesome. that's what we're most excited about right now awesome. in the short term. Well, my last question to you, sir, which is a question I love to ask anyone, um, but I think I may know the answer to it. If you inherited $500,000 and had to invest it into business or real estate down here in Costa Rica, what would you do with it and why? Yeah, no, I think I think you're 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 probably spot on. I'm fond of the Osa Peninsula. There's so many great properties or areas down there. They just are expensive. So Drake Bay has some wonderful views of the ocean. It's right there on the water. That's an amazing place. So half a million would go a long way there. And then one other idea I've had... Um, I don't know if I told you this the first time we connected, but I'm, I'm very like environmentally conscious and, and care a lot about sustainability. And um, right now, I think you're just seeing all these stories come out in the news of what's happening in the West Coast here in the United States, these wildfires, yep. like really starting to think about, okay, how can we build things in a way that are more sustainable um, and protecting the environment? And the mangroves and the habitat are 
pretty close to where we live, about 20 minutes away. And there's all these uh, ranchos over there that uh, used to be cut down for grazing cattle and all that kind of thing. So I would love to, at some point, work with an organization. You've got Osa Conservation down there and some others uh, to regrow some of those habitats and, and try to uh, make sure that they, you know, rehabitate with uh, with the natural, you know, natural beauty that they once had. So I think Costa Rica is already moving in that direction, but I'd love to be part of that process. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all, I've seen something the other day where they were trying to pass a law about exploration of oil here that basically they will never do it. Um, yeah. You know, that, that just Costa Rica just not, you know, it has oil, it has natural resources, you can't mine here, you can't hunt, you can't, you know, yeah. Costa Rica is basically trying to be... I, I, excuse the, you know, the, the biblical use here, the garden of Eden for the world. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we can, that uh, you always have kind of, I suppose you can always go to the garden of Eden of Costa Rica. So yeah. 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 Well, awesome. Jake, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say everybody we talk to is always like, wow, it's amazing. It's paradise. And, and yeah, they work hard to, to keep it that way. So that's yeah. part of, part of it too. They do. Well, JP, thanks again very much for your time. Uh, anyone that wants to reach out to JP uh, to discuss I suppose his story or, or get a bit more information from him, you can do. I'll put all of your contact details in the description. Uh, and I really appreciate it, Betty. Thanks a lot, Richard. Yeah, I'd love to do a, a follow-up once we get a little bit further down the path. Yeah, it would be great, man. You have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye.